Barkley. One-timer fakes. Looking, can't get a shooting lane. Now it goes to Ryan Barkley. his first NHL point either way. It's a turnover. In the slot, here comes Hurdle! Score! Sign him up now! Pass in front. Able to connect. One-timer, score! Mario Ferraro's first of the year. And it's back to a two-goal Hello, hello everyone, Cautiously Optimistic, with Joe Marino and Luke Buckley back at it again for some more Sabres talk. Luke, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Joe. Um, a little, this is a matinee version. Right? You know what a mat? You know what? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you gave me a look like you didn't know what a matinee was. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little matinee version of uh, costly optimistic, but a little uh, earlier. Yeah, but I'm feeling good today. I am. Me too. Uh, probably off. because we weren't. Only either of us watched the game. No. No. Sabers after dark yesterday, a five to three loss to the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get to watch the other two? Uh, West Coast. Games. I watched the first two periods of the Kings game. Uh, you the, got to see some okay hockey. The second least. period was good. The mm-hmm. other two don't want to talk about it. Anaheim was fun, but of course, got knew, off the rails in the third period. You almost knew it was coming yeah. when when Rasmus Asplund, uh, you know, glory to his name, uh, took that penalty and went to the four on four. That's when the game shifted. Uh, yeah. Anaheim got their first goal on that 4-4, four and four, and then it was kind of all downhill. Sabres won, though. They pulled out a win. I didn't think they were going to win that game. They got lucky to get a point nope. out of that, let alone the win. Yeah. Uh, yep. Very nice play in overtime. The 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 Asp man uh, got the game-winning goal. That was a two-goal game for him, was it? Or, or no, so. no, no, no. No. Well, it might I don't think so. He, he scored in the Kings game, though. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, the Asp man is the best Rasmus on the team thus far, uh, quite frankly, as we've uh, seen. Yes. Uh, I mean, if we'll get into some more Rasmus Dahlin talk in a little bit. He's but, been the best of late. but uh, he's, been, he's been a pleasant surprise. Yes. Uh, before we forget, uh, we have some obligations. Yes, we have. We, we got to pay the bills around here, Joe, yes, right? Yes, Don't yes, we? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you can't get this fancy new equipment without paying for it, uh, which is why we want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. The best and easiest way to play fantasy sports for cash prizes. You want to win some money watching hockey? Pick the over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. If you bet 4 bucks, you can win up to 80 How cool is that? I did a few of those last week. Head to underdogfantasy.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store, and you'll get $10 free when you sign up and make your first $10 deposit with the promo code TCB, again, promo code TCB to get $10 with your first $10 deposits. And, uh, I mean, you might want to be playing some overs and unders on the the Sabres, uh, the way things have been going lately. Uh, is that true? Uh, yeah, it's it's not looking very good. Also, folks, I think I misspoke last week when we were talking about this. 
the ten free dollars that you get if you deposit ten dollars for using code TCB, you can win two hundred dollars, not one hundred. So just keep that in mind. Wait, what's that? If you bet the ten dollars, yes, in the in the five. The five-person oh, yeah. pickums, yeah. you win 200, not that, 100. Right. I said 100 right. last week. Hey, uh, before we go any further, uh, I would like to extend our congratulations and well wishes to listener of the show, Mike, 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 as I like to say, uh, his at name, uh, pardon my French, is at Mike, bitch, Mike. Uh, he is a father um, so congratulations, congratulations, Mike. Mike. Uh, you folks out there, you fine folks, have heard him chime in with questions for us. Uh, Mike, congrats! It's always nice seeing you interact with us, and uh, good luck on your new journey. Hopefully, uh, mm-hmm. it's not a, you know, hopefully the new child is get not some a, sleep, a demon child. Yeah, get some sleep, get some sleep. Um, but yeah, congrats. Uh, hope hope everyone had a nice Halloween as well. Uh, I certainly. Hopefully, did. none of our listeners died. Yes, you know that that I, I wouldn't want to lose any listeners exactly. of that. But uh, yeah, and what we were we on you're about all again? Still alive. Yeah. Okay, so the Sabers. Mm-hmm. Now onto the sad part of the episode. Uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking in good. And uh, for Ukapaka looking in or the Buffalo Sabers, you've, been, you've been dying to use that. <laughs> I have been. Mm-hmm. This is that's been in the works for probably like three months now. Yeah. But. Yeah, the regression has started uh, probably a little earlier than we expected. I think that a lot of us uh, imagined mm-hmm. that they would come out of this road trip doing okay. I mean, they're they're one, they're one and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, could be worse. They could have lost that Anaheim game. It's a little less promising that one of those is well, the one win is an overtime win where right. you were winning three nothing. That's a little distressing. Yeah, and then the next game you're up two nothing and you choke and you can't even crawl into overtime. Mm-hmm. Which that's a little unfortunate as well. Mm-hmm. Uh again, we didn't neither of us were able to watch the San Jose game, but judging from everyone on Twitter, it sounded like a complete disaster. Yeah. I, I was awake um you know, I I was just working during it. Yeah. So I was keeping track of it. Heck, I was in the place where it was being produced, the radio right. broadcast. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, uh, apparently didn't go so hot. But maybe the Sharks are for real. I don't know. They could be. They I could mean, be. they do have some a lot of players who used to be very good. They're a little getting up there in age, but they had a nice little infusion of young talent. My guy, William Eklund, Jonathan Darlene, uh this Jasper Weatherby character, yeah, yeah. and uh, Ryan Merkley too. So they're, they've got some young blood going into that team now. So maybe they are for real. Uh, only time will tell. And that Pacific, I mean. Yeah, who knows? Uh, the third spot's up for grabs. Vegas will eventually climb upward. Yeah, uh, you but, would think. Um, uh, the Sharks ravaged by COVID at the moment, I believe, too. Uh, yeah, like still, six, six players. I thought something it was, like that. It was seven. It was seven. I know. Uh, seven. I know someone got taken off of it. Maybe Jonathan Dowling. Yeah, and came back and punched the Sabers in the face mm-hmm. as he heard top of the show. Jeff Skinner uh, scored a couple goals though. Skinner had two. Uh, one bring, of them was very nice. The other one was like a bank shot off the off James Reimer's mask. Oh wow! See, I I I only saw the Sharks goals as mm-hmm. I was gathering the intro, um, so. I didn't see, but I'll go back and look at those. But it's good to see Skinner uh, getting 
a multi-goal game. I think he's at is that his third of the year? Yeah. Third goal of the year. So how it, long did it take him last year to get three goals? Did he even get three goals last year? He probably did. Let's I see. think didn't he go eighteen games without scoring one? Oh I yeah, thought that was probably. I thought he started the season on a I thought I saw yesterday someone say that it took him like twenty games to score two goals. Yeah. All right, let's see. Trying to remember what that, that, that one goal was. Year. But uh no, I mean I I think what's starting to become apparent is like this team has zero depth. After, yeah, also the lack of talent as lack well. Lack of talent. After the He had seven goals last seven year. Seven goals, okay. By the way. You know, once the main roster set in stone guys, the main lineup starts to go down, you really see how thin they are. When you mm-hmm. have, you know, John Hayden coming in. Um, yeah. Uh, Cody Eakin and Oposo weren't going to be ballers forever. When you're clamoring for Cody Eakin to come back, yeah. it's like uh, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but, but we I mean, expected this. You're relying on Tage Thompson to be a center. Yeah, yeah. Casey so. Middlestad and Yoki Haru are both out. So whatever. You have a 40-year-old starting goaltender and a journeyman mm-hmm. as your backup. Um, I, obviously, we were both I, optimistic, cautiously mm-hmm. optimistic, Constant, as, yeah. as the mm-hmm. title of the show says. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, was it sustainable? Probably not. But the way they were playing, it was encouraging. Mm-hmm. But these last few games, uh, I don't know, the energy and the effort – just was not nearly as there and definitely you're definitely right about uh the energy and effort i mean the kings completely controlled that game offensively basically from top to bottom yeah uh sabers were chasing all night it was one of those where a nice shorthanded goal too yeah yeah but it was one of those games where you're chasing the puck all night you're chasing the kings around the ice the kings are just bandying the puck back and forth and you can't even piece together a pass i i i think there's going to be stretches where they play like they did at the start of the season. Yeah. But there's also going to be these bad stretches. Uh um, They are a rebuilding team, let's not forget. Right, right. Let's let's enjoy let's again, let's focus on the youngsters. Individual development. Right, individual development. Because yeah. I, we've had this conversation before. How many of these guys are going to be on the team in say 2 years? 3 years. Uh you can probably name them on one hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cousins, Asplund, Skinner, just because of his contract. Darlene, maybe. Yoki Haru, maybe. I don't know. It's tough. So, a lot of these guys won't be here. Mm-hmm. We're, we got to focus on the development of the, the guys who will be here. Mm-hmm. That's the most important part. Uh, well, up next for the Sabres, and I have just been waiting to say this, uh, up against the Seattle Kraken at their super sick arena that is below sea level. Uh, <laughs> you can actually sit, you know, or stand uh, at street level, right, and look down at the ice. It's so cool. Have you seen that? Have I have not. It? Oh, my God. It's the coolest thing. Uh, I think they're starting to cover it up, though, with curtains, essentially mm. taking away the coolest part of your arena i mean i'm sure there's a there's a more creative way to do that perhaps uh but um why don't they make it like 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 two-way glass wouldn't that be sick Mm -hmm. i mean like you could uh i mean it would probably cost a lot to replace it now but i mean (laughs) do you think they thought about that i mean 
Possibly. They, uh, but whatever. Uh, too late That'd to change cool. it now. But, uh, you know, they, they go to Seattle, uh, and fittingly, the Kraken are at the bottom of the Pacific. So how great is that? I, I, I was waiting to it's say that. It's just like uh, when people would say, oh, comparing the Sabres to the Titanic and saying they're both at the bottom of the Atlantic. Yeah. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, well, ha, 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 ha. Kraken is funnier because it's a squid. Right. And they live in the ocean. So, I mean, that's kind of where they belong. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think uh, I was waiting to say it. Ah, hilarious. They're three, six, and one. uh We'll see if the Kraken can can turn things around. You know, the Sabres, they're still in a playoff spot. They are. They're, they're, tied, still... they're tied with Tampa and Toronto, 11 points. Um, Just don't choke more. Mm-hmm. I think we, we mentioned this last week. Uh, They look okay until they hit adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're getting very close to hitting your first uh part of adversity. How do you respond? If they respond well, maybe they'll be able to stay in this a little longer. But if they drop, like, five of their next six games, it's going to be – we're going to be talking about Shane Wright every week. And the game against the Kraken is, of course, tomorrow at 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, they do Not have ESPN Plus game, so right. hopefully everyone will be able to watch. Uh, the, the, there can't be too many of those left, can there? I thought – I heard that there were eight of them, oh, so God. we're talking like six more. Jeez. Oh, uh, well, anywho, uh, they do have the Red Wings coming up. That'll be at home before. Yeah, that'll be a tough game. Going Red, on the road. Red Wings aren't an easy win anymore. That's correct. Uh, going on the road to Washington, which is always a a bear trap waiting to right. snatch the yeah. ankles of this just team. Remember, just think back to last year. Mm-hmm. Did they beat Washington at all last year? No, weren't maybe they like one, weren't maybe they one like, time? I don't well, know. Weren't they like 7 and one against them? Because we Probably. faced them a bunch in the start of the season. They like only beat New Jersey last mm, year. Yeah, and uh, right around the corner, a pair of fun matchups: the Oilers and the Maple Leafs mm. uh, come to town. So that'll be a couple of interesting games. But it could uh, hit the fan here pretty quickly. Right. So it it, it gets tougher. Um, that's for sure. Coming right on the corner. But um, that 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 first Toronto game. Uh, is always fun, and of course Connor McDavid coming to town. So right. uh, there's stuff to look forward to, uh, just watching wise. Speaking forward of looking forward to things, Emily Kaplan in the uh, intermission of first intermission of the Sabres game yesterday uh, said that this is getting to the one yard line, the mm. Jack Eichel trade. That is. Uh, also went on to mention that neither the finalists, as she said, Calgary Flames and the Vegas Golden Knights, neither of them have met Kevin Adams' asking price for Jack Eichel. So I don't know how that could be at the one-yard line. Uh, maybe it's Fun at, metaphor to say, but it doesn't sound like this is indeed at the one-yard line. Maybe it's at our own one-yard line. Possibly. Uh, but if it is at the opponent's one-yard line, I say... You get uh, Natron Means, or you get Mike Allstott, and you have them pound the ball into the end zone at this point. Okay, uh, enough playing around, enough trickery. All right, maybe maybe run Philly special, and uh, just get it into the end zone at this point. Just get it over with. I don't want to talk about it anymore. There was a point last week where I really thought something was going to go down. It everyone was saying, "Oh, things are heating up." This this, this and that. This feels. Like the 2012 lockout, right? When you know Batman's podium is set up, then it's taken down. 
there's no news. There's just monkeys throwing poop at each other for months upon months before out of the blue a settlement is uh, is reached. That's that's what it feels like to me. And you know, it, it's been going on since the off season. It'll probably go through January and happen in March. Who knows? You know, it's it's it's, it's like the lockout. I feel like no one actually knows anything here. Everyone's just saying the same thing worded differently. We know it's Vegas and Calgary. We know the Sabres don't want to retain salary. We know that we need to take the Sabres need to take on around eight million dollars in cap space one way or another. It's it, 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 it's just beating a dead horse. Yes, that's it's all. The it same, is the same stuff is being. Re- Repeated over and over again, and, and and like you're right. It's like I don't think there is actually like any substance to any of this. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, what we do know now, Vegas and Calgary are okay with the surgery that Michael wants. Um, if he gets traded tomorrow, he'll be back end of January, possibly early February. Uh, maybe he gets to play in the Olympics if this happens soon. Uh, the grievance talk has been out there quite a bit. I would imagine if a trade doesn't happen at any point this week, we're probably talking grievance coming early like, next week. Even the grievance talk. Like, okay, is it going to happen? I think it's a bluff because Eichel, Eichel knows he's not going to win this yeah. grievance. This mm-hmm. is just a, a ploy to get stuff moving along and it sounds like it's working it's either actually uh you know a uh a real possibility that the eichel camp can use maybe they know or it's just insiders trying to keep the train fueling by saying well this is a possibility so look out for that and i'm just i'm so tired of it at this point it's just like like nothing's happening nothing's moving yeah I don't know. It, it's really frustrating at this point. I can't believe that it has taken this long. It's like you need to get on a train, right? You have a destination to go to, but there's railroad workers up on the tracks striking, and, you know, you can't come to any sort of agreement with them, so the train can't move. Yeah. And and you're like, well, I can't do anything about this. I mean, what are the train conductors telling us one thing, right? <laughs> And then these people are telling us another thing. So when's this going to be resolved? I don't know. It's just, I'm sick of it. I I, I want it done with. Well, I, I listened to Frank Saravalli's podcast, the Daily Face-Off Rundown, I believe it's called. I listened to it on Spotify. Good good stuff, by the way. Uh, he was asked by his co-host, I don't remember his name, my apologies, uh, when's this going to get done? And he said, by July. Yeah, yeah, finally some uh, you know some uh, some good stuff there by July. That that just really really sucks <laughs> because it could be done this week. It could be done by July. We no one knows. No one knows. This is just such a complicated trade to make because by all accounts, the Sabers do not want to retain salary. It seems like they're not even entertaining the possibility because we heard. Elliot Friedman say uh, on Hockey Night in Canada uh, Saturday night a couple weeks ago that Colorado called about Eichel, and before they even got to names, Joe Sackick was like, hey, are you going to retain salary? Are you willing? And they are like, no. And then that was, that was the end of the conversation. They're not even willing to entertain it. 
what if Vegas is like, okay, retain a couple million here. We'll give you an extra first round pick and a prospect. Mm-hmm. That that gets that makes the deal so much easier I to don't, complete. I so don't, much easier. I don't know why we're expecting so much from an organization that everybody knows uh, has not had its head on straight for close to 11 years now. It just seems like a no-brainer. Like, what if Colorado is going to give them Alex Newhook, Bowen Byram, and, like, three first-round picks if they retained, like, three, four million dollars? Something like that. And I just, I retaining salary on Michael just seems like the biggest no-brainer to me. I, I just really don't understand why they're not willing to do this. I, I don't know. Have you been on Twitter today? Uh, no, I've been, I, I actually got up in uh, red this morning for a little while. Good for you. I can't say the same. But I went on our the great tool called Cap Friendly, mm-hmm. Armchair GM, and went into the 2023-2024 season to see, hey, what would it look like if the Sabres do retain some salary here? For argument's sake, I said, okay, they retain $2 million in the cycle trade. And I did like a little mock trade or like Peyton Krebs, a couple first round picks, something else. Mm-hmm. Just bare bones. No other trades, just simple stuff. Okay, so I have a roster size of 23. I made the salary cap 84 million. Yeah. Uh, Will it be up by then? How long is a flat cap in place? Mm, a couple years? Well, I know the cap goes up to 82 and a half next year. Okay, so, so yeah, you okay, would assume okay. maybe it goes up a million every year. Mm-hmm, 84 mm-hmm. is a safe number. Yeah. Okay. And the number, uh, you know, I'll reveal how much cap space they have at the end. So in goal, I've got goalie, UFA slash trade goaltender. I gave this goalie $6 million. Just random guy. I'm not putting names out for these placeholders. Just they get a goalie. He's making $6 million. Backup goalie, Devin Levi. Yeah. He's the guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. They traded Sam Reinhart for him. If he's half decent, they're going to play him. I think he is their guy over Eric Portillo and Uko Pekalukunen. So he'll be here. I gave him like an entry-level contract by this year. He will be making below a million dollars. Okay. Uh, on the left side of defense, Rasmus Dahlin still making $6 million. And on the right side, top pair, they're probably going to trade for a guy or sign a UFA. I gave him a $6 million contract. Owen Power, still on his rookie deal, $925,000. Henry Okiharu, right side, $2.5 million. Matias Samuelson was due for a new contract. I gave him $2.5 million. Ryan Johnson would still be on his uh, rookie deal, so he'd be making under a million. So pretty manageable. You got two two defensemen on rookie deals. At this point, I'm assuming Power, will he's going to burn the first year of his deal this year, so he would need an extension the year after, but... A, is he going to be making $10 million? He Maybe. It would be nice if he is, but they can manage it, and I'll tell you in a little bit. Darlene is also in the last year of his deal. Is he going to be getting a big raise? Who knows? Yoki Haru is also due for an extension as well in this scenario. Okay, on to the forwards. Top line, Peyton Krebs, last year of his rookie deal. Dylan Cousins. So I needed to give him a contract, and just to show that retaining light money as possible. I gave Dylan Cousins an $8 million contract. He's their number one center. He's making $8 million here. 
Is he going to make $8 million coming off his contract? I would very much doubt that at this point of the game, he's probably getting a bridge deal for not that much money. And I'm not, I'm not talking like one or two million. He's not going to be making eight million, but mm-hmm. just for the sake of it, I put it at that. Mm-hmm. Jack Quinn, uh, last year of his rookie deal, making light money. He's probably not going to be breaking the bank. Uh, second line, Rasmus Asplund gave him two and a half million. I feel like that's that's the ballpark for him if they decide to keep him. Casey Middlestat, second line center, final year of his three year deal that the Sabers just signed him to. How does he do? I don't know, but I highly doubt that he's going to be getting $6 million at the end of that contract. Victor Olofsson, I gave him a $6 million contract. Again, just like Cousins, I went probably a little overboard just to show they can afford this. Uh, J.J. Paterka, final year of his entry-level contract, uh, third-line left winger. 2022 first-round pick. They're probably going to draft a center this year. I put him on the third line. If this is Shane Wright, he'll probably be on the top line. But, you know, maybe they get him, maybe they don't. Uh, Isaac Rosen, third line, right wing. Then the fourth line, this is where it gets interesting. I think you're going to like this. Uh, I've got Jeff Skinner on the fourth line, left wing. He'll have four years left on his contract, $9 million. Then I have veteran center making $3 million as their fourth line center. And then gritty overpaid winger for their fourth line right wing, also making $3 million. How much cap space do you think this team has? Uh, I'm going to guess a good $13 million. You're basically spot on, $14.73 wow. million in cap space. Yeah, because, I mean, it's filled with rookies, and, um, of course, you have the Skinner contract, and, uh, I mean, you're going to have to spend money somewhere, so give that to Olafson. And give that or to gritty, Cousins. Gritty overpaid winger, or too. Or gritty overpaid winger, yeah. Uh, no, so, good job. <laughs> Tell me that retaining $2 million of Eichel's salary is that detrimental to the future yeah. of this team. No. That, that, um, you did your homework there. Yeah, it took me, oh. it took me like an hour to craft yeah. that up. No, I mean, uh, it's it's come, uh, but you got to think, you know, the decision makers, think of who we're dealing with here. You know, it's, send this podcast to Kevin Adams. I know, I know. <laughs> or or send to their analytics department. They're building that up. Uh, I'm quite sure a bit. that their analytics department knows that retaining two million isn't going to kill them. You think Sam Ventura and that other guy they just hired are they sit, you know, in their little nerd cubicle <laughs> and just like talk like I can't believe these I people. Can't. I, like, <laughs> Probably. We're, like we're we're doing that. Like we have the right answers, and they just don't listen to us. Probably. I mean, listen, they were just tired, so whatever. It's for the sake of a laugh, okay, just follow me here. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you got to think. I mean, it's 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 pennies and nickels with this ownership. So, you, like, so. You, you got to think, though, like. It sucks that, you know, there's smart people like you who have great solutions, <clears throat> but it just, because the greed and luxury boats, this stuff can't happen. If the Buffalo Bills cut some guy who was making guaranteed money, any player like caught in the NFL, that's like a million dollars right there mm-hmm. of dead money. Like NFL players make significantly more than NHL players. It's mm-hmm. Without saying, no one would bat an eye. Who's who's name a bum player on the Bills right now that everyone would love to see be cut. I feel like there's not many, but like not not many, right, right, right. Uh maybe Ver, Vernon Butler. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's probably yeah. making a 
hefty chunk of change. He's if, been, they, if they've released him, they, mm-hmm. you know, it's not five years of yeah. dead money, but you know what I mean. He had sat out the previous three games, comes in, and then on a third and 15 takes a freaking uh, like illegal hands to the face penalty. That's an automatic first down, which is a stupid rule, by the way, but I mean. But I don't think anyone would cry. Let's look at this in another direction. How many years in a row now have we been listening to people say, oh, we got to buy out Matt Molson. We got to buy out Kyle Oposo. Oh, we got to get rid of the Skinner contract. When, one, they're nowhere near the salary cap, Mm -hmm. except for last year when Botterill had that, two years ago when Botterill had that bonus overage fiasco with the Simmons and Froelich trades. (laughs) How many years? Every year. Someone's like, we got to dump this Oposo contract. We got to do it. Buy him out. If they would have bought out Oposo after his health scare three, four years ago, whenever that was, they'd still be paying him for another five years. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. T- tell me. I it's cannot, the same thing, essentially. I cannot be convinced that retaining $2 million of Jack Eichel's salary will be detrimental in any way, shape, or form to this team. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to overpay all of their RFAs. You have to assume that Jack Quinn becomes a 45-goal scorer and J.J. Paterka is scoring 30 goals for me to change my mind on this. I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. Cousins is probably going to make it like $3 million. Is Rasmus Dahlin even going to be on this team in three years? I don't think he's making it out of this bridge deal. I don't want to be too quick to react. You know. I don't know. It's we're in year four. That's right. It is. We're year in four. year four. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be optimistic about this guy, but he's not on that Tremaine Edmonds trajectory. We're right. We are starting to hear Rasmus Ristolainen things, like the same conversation. He's like an exciting. As much as I hate to say it, an exciting Rasmus Ristolainen almost. Yeah. That makes different he makes mistakes but different mistakes from Rasmus that are mm-hmm. equally as cost from I mean Ristolainen that are equally as as costly like that Arizona game he looked phenomenal mm-hmm. but he's very hot and cold it, I mean uh there's that there's I mean maybe there's something going on but I'm not gonna you know sit here and pontificate about yeah when he's hot he's he's hot Mm -hmm. when he's not so hot he is really not so hot Mm -hmm. but they drafted Owen power if power becomes a number one defenseman you got to get some forwards in here if they can trade Rasmus Dahlin to get a young center a really good young center like a Quinton Byfield maybe I threw that idea out on Twitter when this was a big a big uh conversation the last couple of days Mm -hmm. something like that it would have to be something like that like you're not going to trade him for a draft pick you would need like a young center right like like a hockey trade yes yeah Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. surgachev for duran trade right right the reverse of it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't want to think about that though right now you know like i i think at this point though i'd be very surprised if he comes out of this bridge deal well, I'm. Uh, it's going to have to be a pretty exciting next two years from Darlene if yes. he's going to want to get a uh, a big time contract, a nine million plus dollar contract. Mm-hmm. That's going to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I don't have the confidence level in this group mm-hmm. that they have in these young players. Mm-hmm. I'm confident in them, but I don't think they're going to break the bank. 
You're going to have a lot of guys on entry-level deals. Right. Cousins, at this point, he's definitely getting a bridge deal or a risky long-term deal like Christian Dvorak got where it's long-term, not that crazy high of money. You're right about not breaking the bank. You have a lot of like really good young players who are really good supporting cast members mm-hmm. on a contending team, right? Like yeah. Cousins isn't going to be your best player on um, at this point. High quality team. I'm going to say on a good team, if Cousins isn't going to be able to score goals, he's your third line center. Like mm-hmm. if Cousins isn't producing points, mm-hmm. he's that's going to prevent him from making the $8 million in that mock-up. Mm-hmm. It's just not happening. Unless he's 60, 70-point producer driving play. No, I don't see it. I know you'll 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 probably cover this in the on the farm report, uh, but maybe Quinn and Paterka might be that next um duo. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. They they seem to have crazy good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh we can just get into that now and talk about some prospects uh Devin Levi well you know yeah I'll talk about Levi but then we'll get back into the the Rochester guys soon but Devin Levi he has been on a roll uh you can bring bring up their uh their elite oh, prospects yes. pages here I, I don't have the the statue I will me. Devin talk, Levi he has just been on a roll here I believe Four shutouts, I want to say. Uh, four. Yes, he yeah, he has four, four shutouts. shutouts. Uh, they don't have his shutout stats actually on Elite Prospects. Uh, it seems, but uh, Devin Levi through eight games has a one point seven six goals against average in a ninety four save percentage with a five and three record. That's incredible. so they have three losses, and he has those numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, uh, but Northeastern are mm-hmm. they are they a perennial? power in college hockey or? i wouldn't call him a perennial power but they're no they're no slouch, they're no slouch but yeah. i mean devin levi appears to be um perhaps putting them on his on his Ooh. back oh that's the my alarm, alarm. Sorry. sounds that's my alarm my apologies uh, <laughs> that, that was in case i overslept today <laughs> but um no oh my god their backup goalie is evan i mean their backup goalie's name is evan fear that's sick and it's spelled like how you yeah. think uh but no, I think, you know, Devin Levi, he was the victim of being the key piece of a trade for a star player, a fan favorite right. player, and nobody really gave him a chance, though he was quietly like becoming a monster. He he was really good uh at what tournament was he? He was at the World Junior. Did he play in the World Championships too? I don't think or so. Or that's like that's like yeah. Darcy Kemper's mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, day job is exactly. the world championship. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was great at the world junior. His number, mm-hmm. it should say, like, Canada under 20, Not, right oh above. God. Through seven games. Yeah. .75 goals against average. There's not a one in front of that. That's less than a goal <laughs> per game allowed. 96% save percentage and three shutouts. And it's not just like he sat behind an amazing team, which it was an amazing team, but it's not like he just sat there and didn't have to face any shots either mm-hmm. like he, he played extraordinarily well but he didn't play any games for northeastern last year he didn't even get an, a single game like yeah there was deservedly some skepticism around Devin Levi but he's showing that he's a legitimate prospect and you know prospect goalies 
They can disappoint in a heartbeat. Look at Uko Pekka right now. He can't stop a beach ball in Rochester. <laughs> it's not Lukanen good. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, right. Maybe we can. Yeah, that's that's the title of the podcast this week. It's not Lukanen good. Well, yes, okay. We'll do it. We'll get out that's of the way. <laughs> we'll get it out of the way. <laughs> maybe we can have it. It's still not Lukanen good. <laughs> but yes, I digress. Uh, speaking of Lukanen and his miserable performances we'll head over to rochester now uh jack quinn and jj paterka quinn at one point was the leading scorer in the entire american hockey league through 10 games i believe he's got like five or six goals right you're pulling i imagine you're pulling them up right now i am pulling them up right now Ooh, i passed something stats this should be jack quinn uh five goals five assists 10 total points in six games played. That's great. Mm-hmm. I think that's better than what anyone would have hoped for mm-hmm. for him at this point. J.J. Paterka, him and Quinn have had really, really good chemistry mm-hmm. early on here. Uh, I just saw Andrew Petrolsky, the Buffalo native. Yeah, uh, goal leader up there as well. Kiefer Sherwood is actually leading the AHL in goals right now, but Jack Quinn is tied for fourth with Andrew Petrolsky from the Chicago Wolves. Uh, but points-wise, take a look at that. Uh, C.J. Smith is up C.J. There. Smith is second. Good and, for him. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Jack Quinn is in a uh, five-way tie for third in uh, points in the NHL. Seth so. Griffith in there, former Seth Sabre. Griffith. The, yeah, this, there's a litany of uh, former Sabres <laughs> on this list. Michael Mersh, the captain of the Amherst, is up there, too. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Matthew Pekka down there. So... I want to um, say Paterka's at about a point per game pace as well. Uh, if you if you can bring his, uh, let me go back to lead up. prospects here. Uh, Paterka seven points in six games, yeah, that, a goal a goal and six assists. Again, that's probably better than what any of us were hoping for mm-hmm. from him. Uh, Lukanen, I imagine his Lukanen stats are terrible. Four games played. My goodness gracious! Prepare yourself. You ready? If you're driving. Pull Brace over. Yourself. Pull, pull over. over. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just if you're holding a baby, put it down. Four nine three goals against average, and point eight one eight save percentage. That is like That's NHL good. fifteen goaltender numbers. <laughs> That's, That's brutal. Not very good. Brutal. Awful. Uh, was he even that bad? Like in Finland in the men's league? Is he playing the men's think league there? So. This is like the worst stretch of his played uh, well in Liga before he was drafted probably last year he had 13 games played uh 2.52 goals against and 908 save percentage wow. and that was in uh Liga in uh, he dominated in Sudbury of course well you know if if he never went over to Sudbury and just stayed in Finland mm-hmm. no one is talking about this guy as an elite goalie prospect not a soul how many years That's ago true. was that was that like four years ago? His stint in Sudbury. That was like four uh, years ago. Twenty eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, it started like, almost we're, four years we're, ago. We're still some people still are holding out hope for this guy. That he's going to be an elite or even starting goaltender after a season that happened four years ago. Well, this is interesting to me. I mean, if you look at his like stats just throughout his multiple stints in the AHL, he's been brutal the entire time. Yeah. Uh, nineteen twenty, of course, that's his first pro season he but played in uh cincinnati and echl was an all-star but I, even in the echl though in 23 games a 91 save percentage i don't know I, that's just not everybody can be a 93 percent save percentage but that's not 
912 is not a savior number. Uh, but his first pro action in the AHL uh, in 1920, 10 games, 3.15 goals against, 874 save percentage. Uh, second stint in Rochester uh, last year, 14 games, 3.6 goals against, 0.88 save percentage. And then this year, of course, the numbers again, four games played, 493 goals against, and 818 save percentage. Now let's not forget, uh, he was supposed to be their starting goaltender this year in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Aaron Dell has taken the ropes from him in Rochester. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he blew it. He really blew it. Like, this was his chance. Uh, I think this is the biggest year of his development. If this continues, we're probably talking like he's in a trade package for mm-hmm. some other non-goaltender prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Matias Samuelson might play tonight. I think Rochester's in action tonight. He's you know, a game-time decision. So I went to – I wanted to subscribe to AHL TV because I want to watch the Amherst yeah. this year, and it's like 30 bucks a month. Really? Yeah. I mean, you could get Did like Did you the, get the, the single package where you can just watch the uh, Amherst? I, I know when I had it, when like Asplund, Olofsson, and Pilot were on the team, right. I got the single team package. Uh, well, let me look again here. We have uh, team packages. I suppose it's a one-time payment, right? Yes. 65 bucks for single team home and away. That's not bad. I know, but it's just you a know, lot. I'll, I'll pay for half if you uh, if we share the login. Really? Yeah, yeah, sure. We can do it right now. Okay. We'll do, we'll do it when do we wrap it. up. We'll do it when Let's we wrap up. Yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'll Venmo you. Well, <laughs> no, no, you Venmo me. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't Fair worry about enough. it. All right, cool. There you go. Wow, we you just, you, folks... You didn't even get – think of all the historic agreements that you have not gotten to witness, whether because you weren't alive, right? I mean, <laughs> or the technology did not exist. Uh, you weren't alive for the, the peace treaty of World War II. I mean, weren't alive for the, the Treaty of Versailles. Weren't alive for the agreement at the Geneva Convention. <laughs> but you just listened to Joe and Luke agree to share – an AHL TV package. This is monumental. <laughs> don't let the AHL know. Yeah, don't let them know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful. Yeah, so Samuelson uh, should be getting, hopefully will be getting into his first action of the season. And, you know, Rochester seems like a really fun team. Uh, What's their record? It doesn't get their record anywhere in Elite Prospects. Really? Yeah, well, uh, I'll find it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a standings tab on the AHL website. Yep, there we go, standings. Uh, Rochester is currently four and two, so that speaks oh, yeah. a lot to the work of the young forwards, though. Right? You know? Um they're carrying them really. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Uh, yeah, and they have an even goal differential: twenty-seven goals for and twenty-seven goals against. You no, know, uh, the acquisition of Mark Jankowski too. The signing of him. That's. I will bet anything that Mark Jankowski has a contract with the Sabres mm-hmm. by the end of the season. Right. If things get real bad, I mean, like, why is... You know, you're going to have John Hayden in the lineup. You know, like, sign... Mark get, Jankowski's been an NHL player yeah. since he got out of out of uh, Providence. Get Jankowski on an NHL deal. It's going to happen. I, I'd it be will. shocked if it didn't. I, I'm kind of surprised no one gave him an NHL deal to begin with. But, like, they're, gonna, they're probably going to trade guys. They're going to sell off at the deadline if they're not competitive. They're probably not going to bring up all the kids. Mm-hmm. They'll probably bring them up. I, I could see it. I would be surprised. I think final final eight games of the year or so, yeah. we'll get a look 
and um, some of these guys. Like, for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did we see Picard this year at all? You know, he's not doing that bad from what I hear. He's mm-hmm. finally starting to produce. What's his... Uh, Two points in um, six games, but that could have been recently. I don't know if they have a, a game log. Okay. For him. I think you need, like, a subscription yeah, to right. yeah, do the game you, log. You're not going to get my money, Elite Prospects. <laughs> this is all I need. Yes, you need the paywall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll see him. Maybe if they need... Maybe if, like, John Hayden, Cody Eakin, and Oposo, and Brett Murray all go down with COVID or something, they'll bring right, him up and to add some snarl, but... Uh, yeah, that's about it for Rochester. Look at this. I can literally get that information on the Americans' website. Uh, yeah, 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 Picard, um, two points in his last four games. Okay, so. Good for him. Yeah, good. He's, he's doing stuff. I still don't think he's the next Brad Marchand. <laughs> but, right. yeah. Uh, Oliver Nadeau, we're transitioning over to the Quebec League now. What a game for him recently. He had seven points in one game. Uh, I believe he's second in the QMJHL in points right now. My God. Four goals and three assists in one game. Amazing. That uh, uh, That's Mario Lemieux stuff. <laughs> basically. Uh, again, I really like this kid as a prospect. A fourth-round pick. Obviously, the scoring and the offensive instincts are there. But from what I gather, not a very good skater. I think if he can work on that skating, you, the Sabres have that's a very— real. A very promising bottom six forward here with a fourth-round pick in the 2021 draft. I'm not concerned. If the worst thing you can say about a a fourth-round prospect is they're skating, you're in pretty good shape. Well, if Nadeau was a good skater, he's probably going in the first or second round. Mm -hmm. That's why he slid. Like, there's there's, there's top prospects. You know, I was going through the the Hockey News yearbook, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, there'd be top prospects for teams that still don't know if the skating's there yet, right? Like, in the synopsis. So, not a big deal to me. What's his uh, stat line looking like? Impressive. Uh, 12 games played, 11 goals, 10 assists, 21 points. That's great. That's incredible. Uh, and a plus six for anyone who cares about that. And he's also an assistant captain for there we go. Shawinigan. All right. On to college. We'll move on to college. Uh, Owen Power uh, got back on the score sheet, I think, last week in the On the Farm report. Uh, we were saying, hey, let's see this guy produce a little more. Uh, I believe he was at point a game. I think we were, last week he was at six games. He might have played a couple more and had another couple of points. I believe they faced, I want to say, Wisconsin a couple times. Uh, he should be at, like, what, seven or eight games now? Owen Power. He's at eight games. I think. Okay. I believe. I believe um, let me just double check that for you there. Uh, eight points in eight games. All right. So if Owen Power can finish this season at point per game and look more competent in his own end compared to last year, I think that's a massive win for the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, what's uh, Brendan Brisson's numbers looking like? Brendan he might Brisson. be next week. He might be a Sabers prospect. So we might as well look at him. Brendan Brisson playing at the University of Michigan alongside. He's been very impressive too. Owen Powell. Man, My God, they played on the uh, Chicago Steel together as well. It looks like. That's incredible. I mean, both of their lead prospect pictures are that. Uh, Eleven points in eight games. Wow. So yeah, do your darndest to uh, get him. In that Eichel deal. If well, if they're indeed... not getting Peyton Krebs, you got to think that he will be in it. Mm-hmm. Very 
very promising young prospect out of mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. Also, you know what? No one is talking about Zach Dean as a potential return in the Jack Eichel trade from Vegas. They just drafted him in the first round out of Gatineau. Uh, he he's he could be a nice little sleeper. They drafted him at like with like the twenty eighth or 29th overall pick. Uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting name. So don't don't forget about him. It's not just Peyton Krebs and Brendan Brisson. Zach Dean is around too. How how's he doing in the Quebec um, League? Quebec League, uh, nothing going on. Is he injured? He may be injured, hmm. yeah. Uh, okay. Last year, though, um, assistant captain, 23 games played and 20 points. So he uh, he must be injured at the moment, I would presume. You Yeah, you would assume um, Maybe they have a COVID list. I don't know. Oh, we're getting some DMs in the TCB Uh-oh. group chat here. Let's see if uh, it's anything Eichel-related. Live. Oh, okay. Breaking so this, news. This is from David Pagnota of the fourth period. I'm sure there are te- other teams lurking in the weeds, but it certainly sounds like Vegas and Calgary are the front runners. In fact, according to well-placed sources, I was told Tuesday evening that the Knights believe they have tabled what they consider to be their best package for Jack Eichel and is now squarely in the hands of Sabres GM Kevin Adams. And I yeah, that Tuesday evening, so that was yesterday. The Sabres can either accept the deal try to once again counter or decline and go with another team's offer. So, see, it, interesting. More of the same. It is more of the same. No, I can't do this. You know, they can they can take the trade, they can counter offer or go with another team, but Vegas has apparently has a good offer on the table, so we'll see. Hopefully Peyton Krebs is in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, William Carlson just went down with a big injury. He's out like the next six weeks. Is Vegas going to want to give up players off their roster now. Maybe they would prefer to trade the Zach Deans and the Brennan Brissons of the world who aren't able to play on their roster. Mm-hmm. They aren't in the AHL. They aren't in the NHL currently. So maybe they're going to want to go that route. Yeah, so uh, also Eric Portillo. Let's not forget about him while we're talking Let's about the Michigan peek. guys. He's He's been... Fantastic as well. Uh, I watched some of the Michigan game when I they mean, faced like, Wisconsin. He, he was fantastic. Is the University of I Michigan? I think he had an assist in that game too. It was great. Is Michigan essentially? They're the, an all-star team. They're the new Buffalo Junior Sabers in a way. <laughs> Basically, uh, Portillo. Yeah, check that out. Eight games played, two-two-five goals against, and nine-two save percentage. Good. Good stuff. It's going to be, six and two be a battle between him and Levi, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully one of them come out on top here and actually show that they can be a, now, a solution here. Just looking at Michigan's uh, schedule, they face Niagara. Unfortunately, they won't be here. Oh, they're not at home? No. No, well, no I well, know. They're, um, they're in Michigan. They're in Michigan. That would have been a fun game to go to. Uh but they're they're still they're doing back to backs the whole year. Okay, it looks like. Um, other than for like a few tournaments, uh, let me scroll down this. Yeah, they won't be here at all. But uh, this is like what a lot of college basketball teams did last year: is play a back to back. You know, like two games on a mm-hmm. Friday and a Saturday, both in one place. But it's strange because they're they're actually traveling, so. This Friday, Michigan will 
host Michigan State, and the next day they're going to Michigan State, which I'm sure is a short drive. Are these all on Big Ten Network? Um, Does it show the, the TV? Big Ten Big Ten Network. Uh, well, Friday's game is Big Ten Network. Um, okay. Then they have Penn State next Thursday, the 11th, at Penn State Big Ten Network. So right, two good. games keep an eye out for there. Uh, and then those Wisconsin games already happened. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on those two games. Those will be on TV if you have the uh, Big Ten Network. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's all. We'll... Oh, also, in, in the Russian news, mm-hmm. Prokhor Poltapov just signed an extension with CSK Moscow. I'm gonna. I I want to see the year to be exact, though. Chris Baker at Sabres Prospects tweeted this out a couple days ago. I just want to. Find it. Yeah, uh, according to Chris Baker, Sabres forward prospect Prokhor Poltsapov has signed a contract extension with CSKA through the 24-25 season. That's the risk you take when you when you draft Russian prospects. Um, but on the plus side, in 2025, if he lives out through that contract, Prokhor Poltsapov is going to be coming to Buffalo as a man, hopefully with uh, Kirill Kaprizov type hype. Mm-hmm. You will hope. He's played in all three leagues in Russia. Yes, he has. This year. Uh, I don't think he's gotten on the score sheet in the KHL, though. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Seven games played in the KHL. Um, okay. I don't know. He probably didn't get a lot of playing time, I imagine. That's usually the case mm-hmm. with the, the youngsters. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's well, that's all the, the prospect coverage we'll get mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. this week. And, of course... None other than the Booty Cheek of the Week. Luke. Booty Cheek of the Week. Give the honors. It is my distinct pleasure uh, to award it to Gary Bettman, who is deserving of an entire booty, quite frankly. Um, but if we want to give him the Booty of the Week, it, it depends. But, um, I mean, just, I think he, he's living on borrowed time. Uh, it sounds like it. If, I, I think an agent might have been Alan Walsh was calling for his firing. I would love day. to see Alan Walsh be the new commissioner of the NHL. There'd be a conflict of interest there. He'd have to give up all his clients, of course. I'm right. sure this isn't the 1960s, uh, but I think that would be a fun choice. Um, and also, the NHLPA uh, had also seems to be Donald uh, Fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also seems to be getting a bit of backlash from the players' union, uh, but Gary Bettman, of course, only handing down a two million dollar fine to right. the Blackhawks. Well, when you look at the other scandals, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. uh, that have happened over in the NHL for the past like ten years, Kovalchuk, mm-hmm. the Devils got fined more and lost a draft pick. Mm-hmm. The Coyotes were working players out and testing them. Mm-hmm a couple of years ago, and they lost the first and a second-round draft pick. Not mm-hmm. just a first-round pick, a top-ten pick. I think Batman right now, uh, and this does not excuse him. This is, I think, just, you know, the mindset that he has. Uh, he is focused right now, after surviving the pandemic, on the league's bottom line. And you don't want to hurt one of your premier franchises. This is probably what he's thinking, right? He probably thought, if we strip Chicago of their first four draft picks for the next five years Holy smokes. as punishment 
no fans going to go to the game. They're going to be bad, not going to be on TV. You can't have Chicago be bad. They would be bad for a long time. Right. I time. mean, you know, in the NCAA, they give teams a death penalty where uh, you 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 can't give out scholarships. You have bowl bans, mm-hmm. right? But I think Gary Bettman, uh, being the businessman that brings destruction wherever he goes, um, it's clearly all about the league's bottom line. And if you punish Chicago, one of your biggest markets, um, that is going to affect you big time when they play in 1,500 nationally televised games yeah. every year. Uh, I, I It dawned on me that I think this is about um, the league's checkbook, uh, especially after the pandemic and you somehow survive it. Um, but it's, it's, it's just, I mean, like, Unless Gary Bettman is just the worst person that's ever lived, which I'd, I'd like to think he's not, uh, like, what other excuse can there be? There needs to you be know? a harsher punishment. I yeah. don't think Gary Bettman should be the one no. determining that. Like, I there think some have people been... have mentioned that maybe an independent party should be determining what happens to the Blackhawks because... Mm-hmm. A $2 million fine is not enough, covering no. this up for 10 years. And there's only more of this coming out now about, like, stories from the 70s. Oh, I saw in that. In the AHL. Horrible. And it's just, listen, I, I didn't read the any of the Blackhawks report stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the Kyle Beach interview because I get very mad when I hear about people being bullied. And I get very mad when I hear about injustice. So I don't want to piss myself off. I'd rather just, you know, take the low road. Um, but th- there should have been a, a, a death penalty brought down here. And it's like Gary Bettman just lives in this bubble where he clearly thinks he's just protected from any outside noise. And, um, I mean, just how many times has this guy's name come up with people just being pissed off at him and being pissed off about his decisions. Right. And it, it, it's never ending. Um, and I think he'll have to answer uh, once all this pressure comes down from, from the press, uh, the, the pro hockey writers association. Cause he skipped over the journalist from TSN that interviewed. Really? Uh, Kyle. Did, did you hear about that? I didn't oh hear about God. that. Oh, my God. There was a media conference. I don't know if it was specifically about the Blackhawks. That's a bad look. Investigation, man. yes. But they went around the horn, uh, and, like, every reporter asked two questions. When Rick Westhead, I think his name yes. is, uh, tried to ask one, he was skipped over. And it took a... Uh, and I'm just remembering this from the statement that I think Frank Saravalli, who I believe is the head of the PHWA, is that correct? Does that sound right? Not totally sure. Not totally sure. Okay. I th- it might have been him. Uh, but um, it took a- another reporter stepping up and saying, Rick Westhead has not been called on yet, and shamed the NHL pretty much into calling on him. So they're, they, they, Gary Bettman thinks he is immune to this. He thinks because he's been in charge for 25 years that he can just walk away unscathed and everything will just go away if you don't think about it. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's funny because you have a TV partner in 
ESPN now who has not shied away from covering. Right. Even with the rights, they have not shied away from covering these controversial stories, and they don't do it for any other league. You know, um, I mean, they, they, they have NBA, NFL, and MLB rights, and they still cover their controversial stuff. So uh, NHL might rue the day they teamed up with ESPN. <laughs> uh, but um, it's, it's, it's just such a horrible look. Uh, and like just the rot overall in hockey. Um, well, who's gonna take over for him? It's probably just gonna be Bill Daly, right? It'll just be another boys' club member. Yeah, which they, I they need to clean house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They really do. It's uh, it's like a frat. It's like a big fraternity. You know. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't heard about somebody in the NHL office dying because they're being forced to chug Guinness <laughs> through a funnel. Did Gary Bettman even have like a hockey background? No, um, I no. Don't... Remember, he worked for the NBA. He was like yeah, the deputy thought, commissioner of the NBA or something. How he, it went? He was um, David Stern was that his name? Uh, the old NBA commissioner. He was like his right hand man. He he's like a lawyer. Yeah, by trade. Um, so like no, he you know he's he's um, just bad, just bad stuff. It's embarrassing. Like you wish hockey wasn't like this. I don't know. It's just. It's what if Bettman is canned? What are you hoping for in the next commissioner that will bring to the table? I think someone like uh, Adam Silver, in, I think in, in the NBA, the bald guy with the glasses. Yeah, uh, you know, someone who is willing to work with the players and acknowledge issues and you know try and reach out to the people like you know you saw um the nba is always doing um initiatives to reach out to their community and granted that's a way more diverse sport than hockey is but i want someone like that who can get rid of that kind of um stigma you know and uh i'm not just trying to repeat cliches here because i hate cliches but this is like Truly, I think what the sport needs. You got to eliminate all this. You need someone with integrity. That's what Gary Bettman lacks. He lacks integrity. He he answers to the people in his office, and that's it. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about your feelings, Gary Bettman. You know, yeah, you could say he kept the Sabres here. Which he did. He did. But, I mean, like, uh, he is, he's a corpo. You ever hear that term? like just uh that's a corporate Corporate suit yeah corporate suit just rotted brain robot that's all he's become and it's time for a change i don't know how long he wants to hang around here but um it's and then he you know he he just the arrogance soaking in booze it's like dude take a hint you know you're doing something wrong You, you, you don't listen um there's something wrong with your sport uh i mean you know you can't blame him for what goes on in Ukraine and stuff and whatever else goes on overseas. But it's like, you know, you're the biggest league in the world. You can change something, you know, like you can, you can do it. And it's just, it's, it's negligent. It's just, shame. it's stupid. I can go on and on, but I just, you know, again, I haven't read any of this stuff cause I hate bullies. I hate reading about stuff that'll piss me off. So I don't do it. Um, are you surprised that nothing happened with shovel day off? Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, I find it very hard to believe that him and Bergevin didn't know anything about this. Come yeah, on. yeah. Uh, d- 
Did you see what Anton Roussel said about Jonathan Taves? No. He said he's like he said he's a small human being. It sounds like it. I mean, hey, Duncan Keith too. Mm-hmm. I'm just sick of hearing about this. I'm, I'm, you know, like, um, just the culture of hockey. I'm, I'm just sick of it, and it, it's, it's. I don't know what it is with hockey players. I mean, like, even in high school, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, the Fed team that would go. No, I think the Fed team was good at Lancaster. Maybe, <laughs> but like the club team, you know, the, that would go like zero and thirteen. We're always the cockiest kids in school and act like they own the place. And, like, it clearly that's what hockey people are. It still permeates up the ranks and everywhere. I don't know what causes it. I don't know if it's suburban hockey dads like that we like to make fun of, but I don't know. But that's a long-winded answer to your question. But I'd like to see a commissioner with accountability and integrity and... It's going to be like Colin Campbell or... Another boys club member. I know. I just know. watch. So whatever. We, we know nothing's going to happen. I'll believe it when I see it, when Gary Bettman either steps down or gets fired by the owners. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't think he's going anywhere, sadly. Yeah. No. And that is why Gary Bettman is this week's booty cheek mm-hmm. of the week. Long-winded, but good conversation. All right. Do you have anything else before we get into our listener questions? No, that was very good. Thank you for letting me um, right, of course. go on there. I hope there's people out there who agree. All right. Hopefully, you all are still listening at this point. Mm-hmm. Miss, miss some good, good and conversation. We appreciate it if you are. Yeah. Let us know. Giving us an hour or so of your time. All right. Uh, first question: A poll from yes, Ian Harris, thirty-three. Who are you more excited to see in a Sabres uniform this season? JJ Paterka or Jack Quinn? I'll let you answer first. Paterka. I'm, I'm, I'm a Paterka fanboy. I'm excited to see both of them, but I think I'm really excited to see Jack Quinn play. I think both of them, at one point or another, will be up here. And I think if Quinn, if both of them keep up this torrid pace, especially Quinn, I would be shocked if they're not full members of this team mm-hmm. by January. You know? Mm. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of spots for him right now, but a couple guys go down with injury. They're the next next guys up. So thank you for that, Ian. Also, six people voted in the poll, and we're at 50-50 right now. I just casted my vote, Okay, Ian, officially. All right, so J.J. Paterka so. is in the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from J.T. Flood. What have you liked so far on the West Coast trip, and what have you hated about the trip? Hmm. Ooh, this is easy for me. What have I hated? Uh, the fact that they've, re- you know, reversed back to... Choking. Choking. Yes. The same stuff you've been hearing me say on this show for years now. What have I liked, though? Uh, Rasmus Asplund. You took the words right out of and my mouth. You know what? Uh, it dawned on me something during this road trip. Tage Thompson has been really good this year. I've been surprised yes. by him. Yes, you know, he's, been, you know, he's been holding his own at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else? Like. What's another good thing? Jeff Skinner scored a couple goals. Mm-hmm. That's positive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the those two games where they came out ahead and then choked mm-hmm. in the Anaheim game, they ended up winning, but they did not deserve that win in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. concerning. Yeah, definitely concerning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they win, this is my question. If they win against the Kraken, finish this road trip two one and one. Is that a successful road trip? Two no, it'd be two and two. Never mind. Uh, I'd call it a disappointment. 
You're the all these Pacific teams, all very yeah. winnable games. I'd call it disappointment because of the results of the two losses. Right. You know, uh, no, no, it's you, you blew a lead. Uh, I mean, you blew two leads. Even the result of one of the wins wasn't satisfactory. So, just play wise, yeah, very disappointing to me. Absolutely. Okay, a couple more. Uh, Ike Daddy. Hello, friend. Or friend of the show, long-time listener, first-time caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> how much has Rasmus Asplund impressed you guys so far? I think, you know, I'm going to call Rasmus, I don't want to call him the MVP of the of the first month, but he's been great. My he's humble, been really good. My humble brag is I believe I chose him. One of our listeners asked us in our season preview episode. I think it was Curtis. It, was it Curtis? It was Curtis. One yes. of our one of our cohorts. One of then. our colleagues. Right. Uh, asked me, or you know, asked us, who do you think will lead the team? I think in expected goals mm-hmm. was it? And I said Rasmus Asplund. I don't know what he's you doing went out now. On a limb. I went on a limb, uh, but I think I also chose him to potentially be. Or did I go? I went Rustalainen as the disappointment. Yes. Which. I, my picks are looking mighty good right now. I think now. I said Cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. look at, the, you know, I mean, you get your news here, and you get your good opinions here. Um, but that's, that's. Uh, I mean, so much, I'm impressed by him, so much so that I I made a video that I tweet every it's time. It's wonderful. I look, every time I see Rasmus Asplund score a goal, I look you know, forward that, to that being tweeted. That light bulb clicks in my brain. <laughs> All right, thank you for that, Ike Daddy. We appreciate your support. And then last question from John Krieger. Is it weird to feel like this team could make the playoffs this year or have a top five pick? And I have no clue which direction I'm leaning on that. How do you see the season playing out based on what you've seen so far? And what do you actually expect to happen? Great question. Great question. Because I am in 100% agreement with you there, John. I could see top five pick. I could see them squeaking in. If, If they play like they did... The first handful of games, mm-hmm. they got a good shot of making the playoffs. If they play more like they have over this West Coast trip, they are going to be hanging out with Arizona at the loser table mm-hmm. for Shane Wright for the draft lottery. No, this is a great question because just, it just makes me think, and I know everyone's sick of comparing this team to 2006, okay, and that's not what I'm trying to do, but I'm sure – this was the same thought people were having. This is the same dilemma people were facing in the, the start of the 2006 season and points during the 1997 season when right. the team would go on skids and, I mean, they had a goaltender that could pull them out of it. But uh, that 97 season was, according to the highlight video, wasn't always peaches and cream, and there wasn't always a guarantee that the team would, would make it. Um so I don't know. That's a, that's a tricky thing about it being only what eight games into the season. I think uh, is that like I don't know. I'm still fighting with what I think this team uh, can do. But if I were, I think I'd go about seventy percent missing the playoffs. I, I'd and, probably I'd probably go like seventy five, eighty percent missing. Yeah, it. Um, but I mean, hopefully everything will have to go right, and they're going to go as far as Don Granado grab drags them. We'll as see far where as we're I'm at uh, December first. You know, we'll see what we're looking like then. Yeah, I think that's a good benchmark. Yeah. December 1st. Mm-hmm. I'd, let's see how they are in another month. If they're still hanging in there, like if they're in a wild card spot mm-hmm. or within two or three points out by December 1st, and if they're still there by January, I think that's a different story. Right. But because I want to say, when did 
they get like knocked out of the playoffs during that 10 game win streak. Like they were very much in it around Thanksgiving time. And then they like lost every game in December. Yeah. I think midway through January is probably yeah, when it dawned something like most. that. So like, this was smoke and mirrors. We'll see what happens. I, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but, mm-hmm. but like I said, if they play more, more so like they did in the first five, six games of the year, mm-hmm. they might make it. Mm-hmm. They might. Mm-hmm. But if, they play the way they did on this West Coast trip. Uh, hello, Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for that question, John. Uh, yeah, if you have anything else to touch on here, Luke? Uh, uh, um, thank you, everybody, for hanging on through this whole Hour 12. Hopefully, um, I don't know, listen to it later today or listen to it uh, tomorrow during your workday. Get you ready for Seattle, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah, uh, if you enjoyed, let us know. Uh, follow the podcast our twitter account at co underscore tcb underscore pod as co underscore tcb underscore pod give us a follow you can get your questions in there also that's where we tweet out the links to each and every episode for you all to tune in subscribe to the podcast as well it looks like we're on all major platforms now even without us knowing it i didn't even know that our podcast is on like google Podcasts, but turns out it is so we're everywhere subscribe uh tune in if you can if you are able to leave us a review we would greatly appreciate it we appreciate feedback as well if you enjoyed let us know uh we're on twitter as well joe tcb nhl at LVKETCB. And let's not forget about the Charging Buffalo, as we are on the Charging Buffalo Podcast Network. Give them a follow at the Charging Buff on Twitter and Instagram. And also go check out all the wonderful Charging Buffalo podcasts out there. As always, we, we appreciate you all for listening, and we'll be back at some point next week, hopefully talking about Jack Eichel to the Vegas Golden Knights. 